like to uh, speak to you this morning for a short period on um, concentration and uh, openness, some exploration of uh, these important areas there and their relationship to the meditations and the practices uh, over the days here. So initially uh, with you, just um, going through the specifics of uh, the day-by-day process which has been uh, taking place and then from there drawing upon the comparison, shall we say, with concentration and uh, openness and then just a few other points to mention as well. So on the first day, first day or two, uh, in, in fact, plenty of priority given to mindfulness of breathing. What that means is that it is a specific focus and concentration on a particular called the breath. While being in touch with the breath as the primary uh, object, we notice and experience uh, uh, the body the uh, condition of the body in terms of uh, form, shape pleasure, pain, comfort, discomfort and the variety of sensations uh, taking place in the daily life circumstance there is a equal and important parallel there are plenty of times in the course of the daily life where it is necessary to focus on a particular object, to sustain our interest and steadiness with that particular object, work, study, creativity, another human being, and so forth. And in that concentration, we want to be receptive to the condition of the body while engaged in that specific uh, narrowing in a helpful and supportive way on the particular. So part of the training and the process here is to remember and to remind ourselves of the object, uh, of the relationship of the body to the object, uh, the posture, the the sensations uh, there, and to understand and appreciate, of course, that in the focusing on the particular, even with energy and uh, interest and presence there, how easy and quickly it can be uh, changed. So in a daily life situation, it could be uh, um, a telephone call, a sudden unexpected uh, sound, and then there is the cut um, with that concentration. How easy it can be, that there can be an immediate reaction to having that concentration uh, broken. And can we, when there is an interruption, quietly come back to the object? And the same principle applies in the meditation hall. Somebody uh, uh, sneezes or there's a sudden unexpected sound and there is the break. So there's focus, there's concentration, a real interest in the relaxation of the body uh, there and noticing uh, with the mind as well 
in the actual process of what is taking place is there the energy and the interest and the focus is there a stream so to speak of willpower forcing oneself uh, uh, to do that is there in the uh, relationship to it a resistance and we we want to be able to capture and, and notice uh, the force of the will uh, on uh, things which in the short and long term will be very tiring and that will generate greater levels of disinterest or with our relationship to the uh, what we're engaged in is there some resistance going on and there is a collision so when we look at stress as an example stress comes through uh, too much thinking about something often provoking um, anxiety and worry so excessive thinking contributes to stress stress can emerges through doing something i don't really want to do so there is two forces inside of us one of which doing it and the other really not wanting to do it those two rubbing up against each other inside generate stress and the third stress is the desire to do something and the fear of not getting it done or the fear of not doing it right or properly and again those two movements the wanting wanting to get it finished wanting to get it done and the fear of not getting it done the fear of the judgment of the other the fear of one's own judgment whether one has done it well or properly and the combination of the desire and the fear again in the inner, in the psyche rub up against each other and this also contributes to stress and as we know in the workplace stress is the biggest contribution to people missing work and there is a, a whole sideways step here which I'm will try to uh, avoid running down uh, there it's terribly easy in the workplace and many of you are in the work environment uh, there to think well it's all about me and these self-help programs and so forth can be a little helpful but what really needs to change is a significant change in the whole attitude of relationships the unacceptable levels of demands and pressure on staff from the workers to the management to uh, bosses and others and it creates a climate and a culture of stress and that really needs a great deal of exploration and looking at it is inappropriate Uh, and what these mindfulness courses so often do just focusing on the individual as though it's all his problem all her problem it's the problem of the collective all right enough said but you got the point <laughs> so in the exploration uh there to re really look and to be mindful uh, in our life in the kind of situations where we are vulnerable or we are uh, prone to stress as i say with thoughts feelings especially worry and anxiety in the feeling uh, world and when they get strong there owing to the intimacy of heart and mind that means thought 
and feelings, it also then starts to have an impact on the energy levels, because it's exhausting, and then that also begins to have an impact on the body, and health will suffer. Eventually, their health will be affected by the levels of stress that one is carrying, uh, carrying around the body. Simply cannot endure ongoing stress. And so it takes quite some responsibility to, with areas that we concentrate on uh, in life, the other, the job, the studies or whatever, to quite regularly in the middle of it to really check how we are, to make the break ourselves, not the telephone call, not the, not the door opening and somebody saying, I need to talk to you, but we actually stop ourselves, make a break from what we're concentrating on, breathe in and out, be quiet for a few moments, change the posture, walk up and down, get a little renewal and then come back into it. And, and so that we're not building up unconsciously and not realizing it, this stress. Dependency on getting what we want is a major form of stress. Excessive thinking, a major form of uh, stress. Projecting a lot into the future, fears and the anxieties, uh, all, all contributions. And we don't have to live like that. There's genuinely alternatives and this is what we've been exploring and practicing and it's part of the application and the implementation um, into the daily life. Everything, pretty well, everything that's taking place here honestly has a real relevance to the daily life as the example I just gave you. In the flow of the, the days that we've had here together, We've also, and an important one, um, looked to the body and in the wish to reduce the, the world of I and my, <coughs> which so much kind of itself, wraps itself, so to speak, uh, with and around uh, the body. And, as some of you have reported, sometimes it isn't easy to know what kind of relationship or uh, response to have in the terms of practice and mindfulness and meditation. And sometimes the view which arises uh, can be, oh, I should be kind to myself, I should be soft uh, uh, with myself. And that's one view, actually, uh, one position that some people uh, may take. Um, uh, an another, uh, um, I need to work harder on myself. I need to push myself uh, uh, harder. And in both cases, the primary event that's going on is the view of the self. And this view of the self, either making things easier, being kind to myself, being soft with myself, or being strong and, and firm with myself, and it's the self-world repeating, it, uh, repeating itself. And one situation taken up for any length of time will bring some dissatisfaction, and one will then swing, swing to the other. And there's, there's no peace of mind going between the hard and the soft uh, 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 with oneself. The self 
the importance of it, it's not easy this, but the importance of it has to reduce uh, there. And it's finding the, the middle way, and the, the middle way is somewhere between the extremes of uh, the view, to really look at, at the time, what is actually occurring. What is the experience which is occurring? What is the fact which is in front of me? And what that means with regard to the body, the fact is the body is vibrations and sensations. The body is life and uh, organic existence. It's a form of the nature uh, there. And it's for us, with the middle way, to be able to respond and look. It's not about oneself. It's about the relationship to this event called the physical life. And this exploration in, in which the I and my factor is much less intrusive, it's, it's not about myself, it's about a relationship, and life is a relationship, it's not about individualism of the self, that relationship to the bodily life, close and intimate, we'll get the sense and the whisper, we'll get the intimation of an appropriate relationship. It's nothing to do with being hard and soft, nothing to do with being firm and gentle. It, it's an inappropriate response. And that relationship will find our way with that there. And at times, softness is the hardest, at times, in certain situations, may come in. But it's not to be made a habit of, it's, it's not for any continuity. It's just when necessary. And that relationship then gives the opportunity that the concentration on the uh, object and the connection with, uh, with the object, whatever that object is, is also including, it's the important thing, the interconnectedness of the observer with the observed. You're doing a task, you're, you're working on your computer. Like a friend of mine, she said to me, she was um, she's a, um, a playwright, and she's putting this play together. She completely forgot that she had a pair of legs. And while sitting at the computer, one leg was crossed over the other, and she got completely engrossed. And then the pain coming out of the knees in a moment was excruciating, and she said to me, it took her 20 minutes or half an hour to get one leg off top of the other. She was lucky she didn't injure herself. That is what you call being out of touch. And it's a kind of a symbolic thing that when we're so focused on whatever it might be, we really can get out of touch. If you're so focused on your work, and that's all you're really in touch with, you'll have no energy, no contact, no communication, and eventually you'll have no marriage because you're out of touch. So this connection with has to recognize that it's here to there, and it's the whole person that's engaged in the concentration on the particular, not just the mind, not just an aspect of our being. And then we have to find to keep the energy, remember the other day I mentioned to you, 
please be mindful of your energy morning when you wake up through the morning through the afternoon and through the uh, evening and some of us like myself who uh, travel long long time since um, in, in the travel though one is tired from the journey and no one is happy to be home and like this is when my uh, daughter was ho at home with me at the imperative and the necessity and the importance that there is some energy when one arrives home to connect if one doesn't have that job Dharma job or any other job is simply not worth it because one's then coming back and is disconnected and the loved ones and the family or whoever may be waiting and wish to share and talk about when one just flops on the, uh, uh, the, the couch potato syndrome switches on the television one hasn't even got enough energy to switch it off it's tragic so this total looking at the event connecting with the loved ones work has a place it's not that important it's not the important at the cost of so much else which is much more deeply important so we're looking at our energy and our application we're seeing where, how we are using it we're, we're seeing life is a state of interconnection it's a state of relationship and uh, if we get this balanced right it's a huge huge challenge for, uh, for us sometimes in uh, situations it, it, there's the uh, dynamic and the uh, um, challenge in which there could be and might be a real opportunity for um, uh, a, a really fresh start uh, there and had the uh, situation potentially possibly we don't know uh, yesterday eve evening person comes up and and openly and uh, uh, honest uh, honestly uh, speaks about the anger that she's directing on uh, uh, to to the children the same person came up a year ago same situation with the children and the anger so in a year they hadn't seen change conversations one-to-one -one, uh, 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 that, that, that we had so then there's the, the, uh, the dynamic of the situation uh, that takes place the questions that uh, uh, takes place and partly to let all that emotion move that as, as uh, we witness because underneath all of that there's a place of kindness Underneath all of that pressure and that anger and its displacement on, onto, the onto the vulnerable, and also here as well, as some of you know, that, that displacement of all that, somewhere in all of that is something else, something not of, all, not of, of, of uh, that, and to find some access uh, to uh, that. And a uh, person who doesn't live so far away, um, last night, late last night, decided to go home to be with the kids, to get some sleep, to be with the partner. So, uh, a big thank you to all of those who asked uh, Judy uh, this this morning uh, how things are. We received a message uh, from her husband that fine, and she's at at, at home, and there was some concern. Uh, last uh, last night 
um, which uh, the, the person who she was sharing the room with, having moved from um, another room and sharing this uh, room, um, um, wasn't there and later night was going through midnight and so forth and thank you to the person as well who uh, came I think to Samantha and said felt some concern and the outcome of that uh, was uh, people walking around with the torches you know quite concerned what what had happened to to the person and then uh, uh, eventually Samantha uh, found a short note on the back of somebody else's car which says I've gone home <coughs> and that was that was uh, yeah. so it was a relief of course that we knew at least uh, uh, what, uh, what had happened uh, there and so sometimes in the uh, circumstances uh, of these situations there and of course in such an event with people walking around with torchlights some others I know are heard and that can be a little bit concerning and a little bit worrying uh, as well you know there's some strangers wandering around what's going on and and so forth and some of us slept through it all (laughs) and they very sweetly didn't knock on my door they looked after it and like an innocent babe, I woke up in the morning and then I heard the story <laughs> uh, uh, there. And just hopefully out of the circumstances of the, of the, the uh, uh, situation, or the good person with the sharing and the openness that uh, she did. That uh, um, hopefully for herself, for others, and for the husband and, and particularly of course for the two children that hopefully something precious will emerge for a long time ahead we'll see <clears throat> in the exploration of the concentration and, uh, and the giving of attention so we went to breath gave attention to the body with the reminders too of the interconnection with the physical life, with the care and respect and looking at those areas, pain and stress and tension and comfort and contentment and so forth and then begin to expand out and as Samantha mentioned to you how precious and rather deep it is to have access and just to touch upon the feelings behind or underneath so to speak what is happening and the journey of depth uh, in a way is one aspect of it is from head to heart the journey from here going deeper that, that one almost could say this is the one major feature of the, of the path and it's getting to recognize the pleasant and the unpleasant and uh, in between and what so to speak we make of it there will be situations there happens here and uh, elsewhere where there is an interruption to what the feeling level is and that can generate a real momentary disturbance uh, there and sometimes we are putting pressure on ourselves sometimes also uh, on, on the other 
and a very typical one um, uh, here. So Judy each day kindly puts up the spaces for the one-to-ones uh, there uh, with the times. And as the day goes by, the times get more and more meaningless uh, uh, there. So despite all our efforts, meditate and be mindful when you're sitting, when you're walking and when you're standing, be with what is, watch the sensations, be connected, sometimes waiting uh, for uh, one of the, 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 the two of us, the, the, the pressure is starting to uh, build up uh, there. And then it gets competitive uh, there. And, and then some harsh words about who should go in first and, and uh, uh, all of this. You know, if it goes on like this, you'll be needing visas <laughs> to get in. So, uh, and I, as I commented to Judy and, and Samantha, well, one thing is for sure here, we will see you. <laughs> We're not going anywhere. It, it could be half hour later, it could be evening rather than uh, noon or whatever there. Uh, in the monk's, monk, monk's life, whoa, does one get some uh, practice in watching one's, watching one's mind? I, I literally can remember outside the hut of the teacher uh, for, for the one-to-one of waiting hours for a one-to-one. And, and, and in the monastery, I mean, it's, it's not like England, you know, where it's all, oh, we queue and there is a time, <laughs> etc. Et 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 not in the monastery, just wait with the others. And then God Almighty, who's called the abbot, just picks the one, doesn't matter if, he or she, if it's a nun, just arrived five minutes ago and you've been there, it's five in the afternoon, you've been there most of the time since nine in the morning. Come, come, like that. It's, it's, actually, I should start doing this. It'd be, it'd be a really interesting practice for people uh, uh, there. And, and there's no such thing as a ten-minute slot. You know, that's also, you could wait out there and one-to-one. Um, and could be one or two hours and then you you I remember I walked in once and I was meditating and the body the body was just got into a shaking the energies were, were all going all over the place and the body was just shaking shaking uh, like this so I went to see to check it out and he just said oh just sensations and sent me back <laughs> I was expecting to have some proper dialogue about what's going on. Next one, please. <laughs> so, you know, try to remember these things when you're outside the line, right away, waiting to see Samantha alive. We're far more polite in these environments than in the monastery. All right. <laughs> so, we gave mindfulness of the breath. And then, with, with the body... Formations, expressions of life with all the love and the care and the kindness and the support and the focus that's necessary for it. Then moving to these areas of the feeling life and can we just, where there's a story going on, can we connect with just what the feeling is about? What are we doing with the feeling? What are we making of it? And recognizing as well 
How easily we can be disturbed and disrupted might be something old from within ourselves or something that's going on around us, you know, some interruptions uh, in various ways, working with all of that. And then touched upon the yesterday, as uh, Samantha was speaking uh, uh, to you, how the stream of thought, such a credible influence, and in a way it's not surprising with the kind of education that we have, with so much information pumped into the brain cells, so much information coming into our mind day in and day out, so much competitiveness, so much self in uh, all of this. So it's not surprising that a small point, which doesn't require a lot of reflection uh, for us, stimulates the mind. And then the mind begins to run, thinking about, thinking about, thinking, obsessing, obsessing, obsessing uh, uh, about not taking us any close to any insight or truth, but just taking us on a run which is exhausting, costing mindfulness, rest, sleep at night, and much, much exhaustion and burnout and much, much more. Simply because we didn't have the skill or the understanding or the clarity to be able to cut the thinking. To keep thinking to what's wise, to what's skill, what is ref a reflection which helps us to understand has a wonderful place in life but it's the abuse through the excess like with everything else where there is excess there is suffering and excessive thinking brings suffering and, and we're trying to use our practices of mindfulness and concentration and just to notice as we got with the reminder with the teachings do we have a tendency with thinking to go to the past is that the tendency really be vigilant about it do we have a tendency to speculate about the future either hopefully which easily leads to disappointment or fearfully do we have a tension to ruminate, think a lot about everything that's going on around us or with ourselves here and now? And our mindfulness and our concentration and our practice will begin to know skillful, helpful, supportive thought and sometimes we're clear enough, we'll know the very thought which is a distraction. We'll know the moment when we're starting to lose contact starting to lose being in touch and getting disconnected. Yeah. And sometimes, for those with, a, with some depth in the meditation, even before the story starts, or the extents of thinking, even before the thoughts have started to run, that if there is enough depth inside of the being, we can begin to feel the movement towards the, the being. Inside the being there's the concepts and the perceptions and the feelings and one can begin to feel it's going to move into something. And sometimes you can just quietly concentrate, breathe through it and it then doesn't manifest into some story or intellectualization or extension of thinking. Actually, 
but even before it's conscious, we can know it. Uh, uh, yes. All part of the, what we can see and appreciate and realize uh, with ourselves. <clears throat> and finally, and uh, importantly, it is to shift off concentration, even though obviously it's such a wonderful and precious resource for us, and to have a break from it, and that break, the language that we were using here is into that sense of uh, openness and receptivity. And these two, concentration and uh, openness there, neither are in opposite to each other. They are not two polarities uh, uh, there. Um, they are just contributions to human welfare and insight. And what this means, means is to know ourselves, is sometimes to know what we need to concentrate on, <coughs> and to have the opportunity and the recognition of a really expansive view. Both have their strengths and their vulnerabilities. So with concentration, as mentioned, it could be pressure, attachment to results, um, demands on ourself, expectations from the other, or whatever. So with concentration, we just want to look, are we pushing or trying too hard, or is it a relaxed mode of focus on the particular and sustaining it? Yeah. With the expansive view, really precious, um, one of the uh, good walkers with the uh, torchlight uh, last night with the uh, expansive view of things because look, looks up at the sky and with the uh, absence of all the uh, light bulbs and, and so forth you know, beautiful night sky and, the, and, the, and millions of stars uh, uh, out there, that's the expansive view, very precious and lovely and the many, many other uh, expressions uh, of it this expansive view that uh, takes place the vulnerability is it spacing out vulnerability is it gets very lightweight it gets dreamy it gets soupy uh, not superior it gets soupy <laughs> and uh, it gets out, out of touch so both require some depth they both support each other. They are both aspects of human existence, obviously, and we can find as great and as equal a freedom in being concentrated on the particular as in an open and expansive view. It's not that one, that means concentration power, is leading to the other. We are free to concentrate on the beautiful and important things of life, that Liberation. We are free to concentrate on the beautiful, important things of life, and we are free to let them uh, go, and we are free to experience the expanse of life as, as as well. And both of them matter. And it might be in the days of being here that you observe some area which you know, in the problematic, which you know 
really requires more attention. For one person it could be anger. For another person it could be stress. Another person it could be grief. Another person it could be uncertainty about the future. For another person dealing with uh, daily pain. For another person about a family member uh, or uncertainty in the work or about money or whatever it might be uh, about. So if you've recognized over the days here that there is an area or areas which really need some uh, care and attention, to know yourself is to know and name what that area is. Now, and keep an extra eye, vigilance, uh, uh, on, on that. Listen to the signals. When you're a bit more vulnerable in that area, and as the teachings point out again and again, no particular condition, no particular condition, can have the same potency and power all of the time. None of them. It's not possible. So it might be that sometimes the difficulty, the challenge, is very, very strong in a particular period of time. Really, really strong. It, it just takes up consciousness. There is no space there. But it will change. And though the change may seem far away, it will change. It might just change to getting easier. Might just change for a period of, of even fading away or getting lighter. And one stays with that experience uh, uh, there. Maybe times when it really isn't in consciousness or hardly. And we want to be able to recognize the absence of or the minimal influence of. To really be clear there. So we're not forming, I am always like this. And that's a painful idea. We're not forming the view, this will never go away. It's another painful idea. Or how long will this continue? This is pressure. Yeah. So if we really, in the Buddha's fine, magnificent teachings of seeing change, we work with the change. And it may be very intense, yes. It may be incredibly consuming, yes. But to note, it will change. And it would change into something else. And it may be in some situations, health being the obvious one, where it comes back again with the intensity. But one is learning to ride these waves. It's a huge practice. And women and men engaged in these uh, practices can develop a, an extraordinary and remarkable resilience. An incredible liberation in in the way that though there may be huge challenges uh, taking place that the resilience there and the dedication and the steadfastness one knows one doesn't have to be overwhelmed by events no matter what the event is and now we're deeply interested in to have that sense for that and uh, 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 love and appreciation for that 
and in the space there the focus concentration on the creativities of life the expansiveness we, we can really as it were be with 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 all of that it's a great uh, it's a great uh, uh, exploration keep practicing